Welcome to Monday Morning Couch Potatoes, hosted by Ronald L.V. Wrights and Timothy Wilberger. We like to call him T-Dog around here, where we will bring you sports talk from Chicago, Las Vegas, Dallas, and beyond. Today, we'll be talking some Raiders football, of course, but also a little bit of Cubs, a little Bears Monday night bashing of the Vikings, maybe not, and some NFL games. And don't forget to listen to the end of our podcast where we will be talking about our NFL game picks. So let's have some fun. Let's get it going. So let's get it going, Couch Potato fans. What up, buddy? What do you say? What do you say? I don't know, man. I say a lot of things. I say, uh, number one, Cubs. What is going on with your beloved Chicago Cubs? We already know what was going on with my beloved White Sox, which I don't think they did anything about, which I don't think they should. At least not yet. At least not yet. So what's going on with your... Beloved Chicago Cubs. Well, you must be talking about the fact that uh, Theo Epstein, the baseball executive uh, that brought them their first world championship in 108 years, has stepped down, and he's no longer the president of uh, baseball operations there in Chicago, handing over the reins to Jed Hoyer, his, uh, his very good friend and GM in the making. Um, yeah, Epstein stepping down, which – you know, kind of expected it. He did have a year left on his contract, Ron. He had a five-year deal. I think he signed for about $40 million back in, I think, after he won the World Series. Um, but I think with the fact that, you know, the uh, with COVID right now and uh, the landscape for baseball being just – there's so many unknowns right now. There, there's going to be some significant financial stress uh, because of con- coronavirus and um, – so, so you th- they're going to have a lot of decisions to make. I think really what it's coming down to is a lot of the decisions that are going to be made over the next three to probably 16 months are going to just is, is, is really going to have an impact on the future of the team. And knowing he's not going to be around after next year, he just felt it doesn't make much sense for him to be the one making those decisions. But could he be around? Let's say that the, the, the Cubs go back to another playoffs. And they're in the you know they're in the wild card or they're in the the divisional series or whatever. Couldn't he get an extension if they did well? And no. also, you don't think so? No, no, no. He's he's stepping down. He is literally the only capacity or any connection he's going to have to the Cubs going forward right now. Is he said he's buying season tickets? <laughs> oh, really? So he's staying in yeah, Chicago. Yeah. Well, apparently, I mean. Uh, there's a lot of question about what he's going to do now that he's stepping down. There are obviously a, f- a few teams that are kind of jumping at him to see if he wants to come on board. I think the Mets are one team. I think the Phillies have also been been talked about as a possible landing spot for him. He may take the year off. Who knows? I mean, right now, I don't think he said anything. He could. The guy's smart enough that there's, there's a lot of opportunities that uh, he can get into. He could even get into into the league offices and, you know, try to fix things there. Um, but you think he's stepping down though for COVID reasons, just because he just felt that. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think ultimately what it comes down to, not just for COVID reasons, but because the financial uh, outlook of major league baseball is so up in the air right now. And the Cubs are one of those teams that have so many decisions they have to make 
that impact their immediate future as well as their long-term future. Um, they've got players who con- are coming up on contracts here, contract years. Obviously, Chris Bryant being a, the biggest one. Uh, Kyle Schwarber's another one. Javier Baez. You got Anthony Rizzo. I think they picked up his option this year, but he's still – they've got like just a multitude of decisions they need to make. And at the same time, they need to rebuild a farm system that is among the lowest in baseball. So it's and pretty typically, depleted. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and that tip that makes sense because if you're, you know, you if you're a team that's competing each and every year, you know, it's very rare that you're also going to have a highly rated, you know, minor league. Uh, system, right? Because, you know, two reasons. Number one, you're not drafting very high because you're, you know, have a good record and you're making the playoffs. So you're not getting very good draft picks. And the second reason is, is whatever talent you do have, you're typically pushing that in the all-star break, looking to get some, uh, you know, short-term help to make your run to the playoffs. So it's, you're not going to see a lot of teams that are regularly uh, making the playoffs yet have a good farm system. There are a few exceptions. Atlanta Braves come to mind. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the bear or the Bears, the Cubs um, just have so many things that are going on in the near term and in the long term that it, Epstein already said he's not planning on sticking around anyway beyond his contract because he's okay. always so yeah, he, he said that from the beginning. Right. Right. Yeah. But he felt but, but he you said he had one year left, though. He did. Yeah, he this was this would have been his final year, but he walked. Okay, so is he walking knowing that he was already going to be out anyways just so he doesn't have to deal with the current roster schedule or the roster changes potentially where he may may have maybe people would have felt that he was going to turn to a bad guy if he had to let make big decisions on a few of your key um free free agent players. Yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily that. I think I, I don't think this was in, this was just a Theo Epstein decision. I believe that, you know, he and Tom Ricketts and the rest of the brass probably got together and said, All right, look, are you for sure not gonna be here? Right. And and he's always said um that he's really felt that ten years I think he used back when he would tell tell this story or explain how he does things he would bring up the sort of Bill Walsh uh, mentality that, you know, if you can't do it in 10 years, yeah. um, you probably can't do it. Right. Or if you can, you know, really 10 years is kind of that, that magic number. And he's always stuck by that. And um, so the fact that he said he was definitely going to be done after next year, they probably said, all right, look, do we, how do we really want to move forward with these important decisions? Do we, do we need him to be part of that? Or is it Jed Hoyer? that can, that can do that. And Jed's been under Theo's wing for quite some time. Um, you know, real smart guy in his own right. So I think they just probably mutually decided, well, then, you know what, let's go ahead and, and make that decision. Now, granted, he's walking away from, you know, what, $8 million, I believe. And, you know, that's money that the Cubs can reinvest back into the team, which is important considering, you know, the coronavirus financial stuff, but, yeah. um, but anyway, I mean, it's, it's surprising. I mean, obviously, Big loss. Uh, we knew it wasn't going to be forever. Um, you know, for him to come in, I think he he joined the Cubs in 2012, and he had to rebuild. They finished in last place like three years in a row before finally breaking through in 2015, and uh, you know made some great draft choices. They all came together in that 2016 season. Yeah. Um, you know, so and he did the same thing with the Red Sox. You know, he broke their long championship drought. Did it with the Cubs. 
you know, who knows? Maybe he goes over Cleveland and, and breaks their drought wouldn't that, that they've been trying to break since 1948. Yeah. Wouldn't that so. be interesting? Mm-hmm. So are the Cubs going to dismantle this winter, you think? Well, I think, you know, if they really are looking at these financial, win, you know, uh, pinches that they're they're speaking to, which, you know, I don't know the ins, ins and outs of the, the money behind the scenes, but um, they've got all these players who are – in their final year of their arbitration, they're going to be looking for long-term deals. A few of them had some down years, Kurt, Chris Bryant being notable, one of them, but you have that sort of fine line. You have to walk. They're not going to be able to sign all four of those players that I mentioned earlier to extensions. Um, and you really don't want to let them walk for nothing. And they need pitching. They need young controllable or uh, controlled arms, which they really don't have. And so it is, I would I would feel that they're likely going to look at at least a couple of those guys and make some moves to bring in some you know younger talent, um, but I don't know that they really have you know these guys aren't it's not like they're going to be bringing in two or three top prospects from a team from a guy like Chris Bryant or something like that. They're just looking for maybe a a good uh, you know trade partner. I know that Washington Nationals came to mind. Um, I think Victor Robles or, or Carter Kaboom's name uh, were, were uh, kind of thrown around there as possible landing spots for or trade uh, options for Chris Bryant. Um, but, you know, who knows? I, I, I think there is going to be some significant change. It probably not, you know, the Cub fans have been a little spoiled now over the last five years, regular playoff runs and everything. So it's going to be yeah. tough. I mean, we're going to see kind of take a few steps back before we perhaps – take another few steps forward do you do you think uh chris bryant if they ended up trading him would be a significant loss for the cubs you know i mean how how liked is he i guess i do i think if you asked 100 cub fans you'd probably get it right in the middle which is which is surprising considering where he was at you know even three years ago you know after the cubs won the world series um you know, he's not really – he's not a stellar defender at third, but he is – he's very versatile. You can put him just about anywhere. I mean, he's played left field, right field. Uh, he can play first base. He's, to me, he's probably a better first baseman than he is anywhere on the field, to be quite honest with you. But the yeah. Cubs are set over there with Gold Glover, with Anthony Rizzo, at least for this year. Um, so – but I think it really comes down – I mean, there was bad blood. Just, and it's not like it was real bad, but certainly right off the bat, it was a little, little bitter considering the Cubs held him out from joining the the twenty five man roster because they wanted that extra year of control. Which, if I was sitting in that seat, I would have done the exact same thing. So would every other smart GM. They would have done the exact same thing. But at the same time, that looks bad. Uh, you know, Chris Bryant wanted to come up, and he was he should have been there, but they made a business decision. So that started it off there, and of course they went through the, the suit and all that. Or you know, I think last off season. Um, so anyway, I mean, at the end of the day, I think it would be significant because I don't really see a lot behind him that's going to make a difference. You know, so I think that's really the the key there is okay if you had you know some young third baseman that uh, was on the cusp and maybe a year at most away, I could see it. But they don't have that right now. They yeah. really don't. So if you're going to make that move, um, you know, they have some outfielders. They do have some middle infielders in the minor leagues that, that, you know, they could make a move. But, you know, I just don't see it as being a smart move. I think Chris Bryan is somebody that you want to keep around. Same with Javier Baez. If I was going to trade somebody, it would probably be Kyle Schwarber. Um, I know that there is the possibility that the league is going to the universal DH. And I think 
Oh, really? Is a, yeah, I think it, I think it's likely going to stick around. Um, I think Schwarber, he's not he's not as bad defensively as people make him out to be in left field. Actually, he had he he was much better than most people thought. But I think most people vision him as kind of a you know a solid left-handed DH for an American League team or potentially a National League if we go that route. Um, but I. I I just I don't know I, I really think Chris Bryant would be an asset if he stays with Chicago. Okay, I, I, I think I'm, I may be even in the minority, Ron, because I think more it maybe not be fifty fifty. It might be sixty forty with people saying, you know what, trade them. Let's try to get some young pitching or something along yeah. those lines. I mean, the Cubs are the lovable losers, so even if they went back to losing a lot of the times, they're going to be happy about it. This is where they yeah. are. It's where you are. I'm not a really particularly a Cub fan, but um, I do enjoy them losing. So. I'm, I'm, I'm whatever they, whatever needs to happen needs to happen. So, nice. you know, I have this, uh, what's interesting. I have this little, uh, clip in here and, uh, this is really good for going into, uh, what I want to talk about next. This guy sucks. And that's talking about Nick Foles. So Nick Foles got hurt on Monday night football last week. So remember we had our last podcast and we didn't really, we talked about what we thought and I believe you picked the Bears to win. And, of course, they did not. And, actually, the Bears played pretty, pretty horribly, actually. so That's, that's, say, that's putting it mildly. Putting it mildly, yeah. So what uh, what's your thoughts on last week's Monday night uh, debacle or whatever other word you want to put in there? What other word do you want to put in there? <laughs> Oh, uh, what's interesting is the T-Dog is currently offline, so he can't even... Oh, wait, maybe he's back. No, I'm I'm here. Okay, yeah. good, good. <laughs> so, he kind of popped out there for a second, but go ahead. It's all good. So uh, what do you... Th- give us uh, your take on last Monday night's Ugh. debacle or whatever word you want to put in there. Well, we this <laughs> is rated PG, isn't it? So we really can't put the words we want to put in there, but... Um, you know, I was, I was, I felt really good about, you know, when that game started, I mean, the bears were happy to get Cody Whitehair back, right? We finally got him back and a big piece of that offensive line. They got that early turnover that I said, they, you know, I said there were a few keys to them being successful that they needed. Um, but you know, the whole talk was about bill laser, right? We talked about that at length last week and how I felt, yeah, is that really the big savior that everybody's talking about? And, what was his first play? Do you remember what his first play was? Yeah, it was yeah. it was the one we said they they should just blow up on the playbook, <laughs> the wide receiver screen. Yeah. And guess it was for no gain. And you're right. Why can't we get that out of the playbook? And then of course Nick Foles, who you just mentioned, or you know Bob Barker, of course, says how he feels about him. He throws <laughs> that high pass over Anthony Miller's head, and he he it gets picked off. Yeah. Now. You know, I, I, Foles actually, he had good protection on that play, and I thought, okay, yeah. what happened there? Well, I think he got spooked by the linebacker or whatever. Um, but early on, it appeared that Laser was calling plays to get the ball out of Foles' hands quickly. Um, he even got him moving out of the pocket a few times, which, you know, that's not really Foles' forte. Yeah. But, um, you know, he seemed to even throw in the slant on there a few times there early, which is something we haven't seen in the Bears play calling. So I, it, things looked good. But then, you know, the one thing I noticed that they did not do well is they could not – they were really struggling against the blitz. 
And I think the uh, the Vikings really um, well disguised it well. Maybe so they, they so the problem though with the blitz that the Bears it, it was also their formation for their for their offensive line. Like I remember them talking about, uh, you know, they're they're too tight. They needed to spread out their players, their wide receivers. They needed to yeah. spread out the field a little bit so they can. Yeah. So they can uh, see what kind of plays are coming on, and when everybody's compacted like that, you tend to not see what potentially could be developing. And there was no hot keys, there was no hot routes, which is so when a quarterback is pressured, there's always one play that's like a little button hook for five yards, or you know, a little flare off to the left by the the uh, running back or something, where you know you can always throw to if you're getting pressure. And there just wasn't any of that. It almost felt like he forgot. Bill Lazor forgot how to, you know, in those critical situations. And I mean, I didn't, I didn't see any sideline, you know, shots of like Nagy. And even if I did, I couldn't see his face if he was upset or distressed or anything like that. But you know, the interesting thing is, T, what I did see in that game, which was probably the most exciting thing of the whole game was the cardboard cutouts. I believe they started lighting themselves on fire because it was that bad. (laughs) (laughs) I believe those cardboard cutouts were like, you know what? I'm out. And they blew up. They lit themselves on fire and they turned to ash. And basically that's how I felt about the, the bears game. It was really a struggle. I believe you brought up the stats for the second half. Oh man, and that that's the thing because I had I had thought for the second half I wanted to see how Bill Lazor would adjust after struggling against that blitz in the first half, and you know what did they do? I mean the third quarter woes continue for the Bears. Three yards they actually had three yards until their final drive of the third quarter when they got a whopping minus five yards, minus oh, five yards, wow. ending the quarter with negative two yards of offense and three three and outs. You know that seriously, seriously, I I just, it just shocked me, shocked me to see how bad we played in that second half. We had four consecutive three and outs that were gained a total of three yards. They ran 23 second half plays and gained only 32 yards. And 18 of those came on the final offensive play for Tyler Bray. So they weren't supposed to take a step back, Ron. I mean, you you know, how did the, the laser experiment go? This is what everybody was clamoring for. Bill Lazor needs to call the plays. Well, how did that go? Only the third lowest offensive output of this season by any team with just 149 yards of offense. Only the woeful Washington football team who managed 108 yards earlier this season, you know, uh, which I think Cordell Patterson had a 104-yard kickoff return, so he nearly got as many yards as they got in the whole game. Yep. And then the Dolphins, who had 145 yards of offense in their upset of the Rams, which, of course, they won because L.A. turned the ball over like 800 times or something like that. But that's how well the Bill Lazor experience went. I mean, obviously, it went as bad as the offense was. We still had a chance to win near the end, right? Yeah. I mean, why? Because the defense and the special teams. Now, granted, we did have that muffed punt or whatever, but for the most part, we had a chance. We were in the game, which is what this defense continues to do. Um, you look at how big, you know what, actually, Ron, how big was Akeem Hicks in this game? Huge, because once he was he, out of the game, 
Cooks was able to run through our offensive or our yeah, defensive Dalvin line. Dalvin Cook. Yep. Yeah, Dalvin Cook. Uh, Dalvin Cook had, I believe, I want to say he had like 40 yards when Hicks was in the game. 40 yards on like 20 carries, something like that. Somewhere in the ballpark, two yards per carry. Yeah. Hicks goes down with an injury. Cook runs for 50-something yards on 11 plays. So five yards per carry. Yeah. Wherever he – it was almost looked like it was personal. Oh, yeah. Like Hicks is like, I don't care. Who, when you get the ball, you're going down. I think and it is because I believe that they have a, a they beef. They have some kind of history. Yeah. They have like some hot beef between two men. It's quite gross, folks. Oh. <laughs> but the reality of it is is that Hicks is a beast, and he does have something against Dalvin, and it's shown. It was shown. Yeah, they were jawing at each other. Which now, is, I did notice. Yeah, I did notice the one thing when you mentioned about Nagy about him. He at least so I think if you remember, I said last week. If he doesn't have his little laminated card in his hand, I'll feel better. Well, I think in the first half, he didn't. I think he had it in the second half, but he didn't have it in the first half. As a matter of fact, in the first half, I saw him hyping up the defense after that interception. Um, Yeah, he was running down the line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and he was over by – when the offense was running a play, he was over with his back to the field talking to the defense. You know, being more of an overall leader. You know, allowing him to actually coach – um, you know, the players versus worry about the offensive play that was going to come up next. And I think that was what we wanted to see or, you know, give him an opportunity to, to do. Um, but also, as I mentioned last week, the, the Bill Lazor experiment wasn't going to be what everybody thought it was going to be. And, you know, it's just so frustrating because this defense is playing so well, or at least most of it, Ron. Yeah. Because there is, there is part of this defense that I've got a real problem with. And I'll tell you what, I, it just it just gives me so much frustration. And I know that, that what that sounds me, sound means, and so do you. Oh, hey, smack wagon. You just got to listen to the horn. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, I actually rewatched the Bears game this week. You know, I recorded it, rewatched it again, and I focused specifically on one player. And that one player was Robert Quinn. And I have... No idea why we are paying this guy north of $6 million a season to basically take up space on the end of that line. He has essentially one move, and that's to try to bull rush the right tackle's outside shoulder. He doesn't use his arms. He gets lost in the middle of the lines during stunts, and he just cannot create pressure. Expected for a guy who netted, I think, 11 and a half sacks last season. You know, prior to this weekend's game, the guy he replaced, you remember him, Leonard Floyd? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's on pace for more sacks this season than his previous three seasons with the Bears. Now, you could say that that playing on the same line as Aaron Donald has improved Floyd's prospects of getting after the quarterback, blah, blah, blah. But I'd argue that Khalil Mack would provide the same opportunities for Floyd, right? Meanwhile, Quinn, he's got one sack in seven games, Ron. One. One. How much and did we he pay? Was, he's like, like $30 million over like five years. And where did he come? I know he was limited. He came from from Dallas, and I know he was limited by an ankle injury earlier this season. But from the looks of it, he's healthy now. So, why did Ryan Pace feel the need to make a change here? I mean, let's. I'll tell you what, Ron. Let's look at the numbers, okay? Because you know how I am with numbers. I love numbers. Yeah, give me the numbers. Floyd was entering the final year of his rookie deal that was set to pay him thirteen million dollars. Now, you could argue, eh, maybe he didn't worth that much money based on his production, his level of play the previous couple of seasons. You know. 
13 million dollars that's quarterback sack quote unquote type money right and he just wasn't getting those types of results even after his rookie campaign he had a real great rookie campaign um but but Floyd is is kind of much more than that right he drops back into coverage when the bears you know would play zone coverage um, he was slotted against a tight end or a running back uh, when they came out. So outside sacks, he was doing things pretty well. Yeah. So, well, back to the numbers, though. So instead of keeping Floyd for that $13 million tag, Ryan Pace dumps him in favor of paying Quinn, you know, $30 million over five or six years, whatever it is, I believe. With him counting like $6 million against the cap this season, um, yeah, the Bears needed some help in other areas. So they're like, well, you know what we need to cut. This is the guy that we probably need to cut, save that $13 million. You know, they added a, a Jimmy Graham, which is costing them like $6 million a year. That's an, a conversation for another deer, another day. But the bears right now are like sitting about $6 million under the cap. Mm. So take that 6 million, add it to the six, six million you're paying Quinn. And you pretty much almost have the 13 million you could have had to keep Leonard Floyd around. Yeah. And it, it would be a, head and shoulders above what Quinn is doing right now. I think he made a misstep in my opinion and Robert Quinn thus far is a bust. And yeah, I know it's early in the bears tenure. I get that, but he's on the other side of 30 and that typically equals a steady decline in production. So Ryan pace and Robert Quinn, you two just got run over by the smack wagon. Damn. Boom. You know, just, you know what? We need to run over a few people from the Chicago Bears. Uh, let's go ahead and run over the 98-year-old owner. She needs to go. Let's go ahead and run over the head coach that doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Yep. Yep. And uh, you know, while we're at it, let's just go ahead and run over the whole Chicago Bears team. There you go. Oh, no. There, it had to, it had to be done. Had to be done. <laughs> Sorry. There is some good on this football team. There's no question. About yeah, it. I know. You know the, they're got... a nice, solid five and five. Yep. Solid. Yep. When they Average. started off five and one. You know who actually had a good good first half? I thought, well, even though the numbers didn't necessarily show, it was Cordero Patterson. I think he actually played pretty well in the absence of David Montgomery. I mean, he he showed good vision to find open rushing lanes. Uh, granted, they got closed up relatively quickly, but, um, you know, just overall, I think he's got better. He appeared to have better vision than David Montgomery. I know Montgomery's more of a North-South runner, um, but he was very quick with the ball. I want to see more Cordell Patterson in the background or the backfield, uh, even when Montgomery returns. So I think he played well. Obviously, Roquan Smith, another big game. He's having a a great year. Um, But, yeah, Akeem Hicks, we talked about him. But, yeah, there's not a lot of good here. No, there's not a lot of good. So no. I, I let, you know what? That was Monday night. That was something that's just was no fun to watch. And I think we beat him up and beat him up enough. <laughs> yeah. No, like I said, the, uh, the cardboard cutouts were trying to get out of there as quickly as they could. Mm-hmm. Fastest way for them to get out is lighting themselves on fire, which they did. That was the only thing hot that day. That was the four alarm, four alarm fire, four alarm fire. It was the only thing on fire that day. Nobody else really. I mean, our defense did okay, but there again, we still need an offense to throw the ball. Uh, we got people out there. I got friends out there that want the whole team dismantled. Yeah. I mean, that's Actually, how frustrating uh, it's been. Yeah. 
You're absolutely right. And there, there's there's strong there's a lot of debate and there's there's been talk about, you know, Matt Nagy's you know, his clock is ticking. You know, he's he's more than likely dead man walking and is going to find himself out of a job and then now the the rumors are already starting who's going to replace him. All right? You got Eric Bieniemy possible as a possibility, the name that's being thrown out there. Um I you know, I like I like Eric Bieniemy. I I I think he's I think Eric's sleeping with Bieniemy. Yeah, I think he is. I think he. I think there's potential, but the, well, plus there would be three round. There would be three third round draft picks, too. Yeah, but they wouldn't that. go to us. Oh dang! So hey, you you, you, get you, just, you just don't have that the concept of how that you just want as many draft picks as you want to get. I want to get as many as I can. But well, why? But well, let me. Besides actually, that, you know what, Ron, that's a great question. Hold on a second. That's a great question. Why do you want? Why would you want Ryan Pace to have extra draft picks? Let's talk about yeah. how well his draft picks have gone. No. He's had four first-round draft picks in his tenure, four first-round draft picks. One of them we just talked about, he let go, Leonard Floyd. The other one is Mitchell Trubisky, yeah. right? Another Which one. he traded up for. Which one. he traded up for and passed on Patrick Mahomes. You could, okay, there's a slew of them. Tonight. So, okay, so Patrick Mahomes. They passed on. They passed on um, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, and mm-hmm. Jackson from the Ravens. Well, he was that wasn't the same season, but the the bottom no, line is I, thought, is I thought he went like second round. Uh, I don't think no. I think Jackson was drafted a year after those guys. Oh, okay, um, it's good to but, know. But nonetheless, that you talk about you know extra draft picks. He has no paces. Paces got to go. Yeah. Now, granted, I mean look, his first. First round draft pick, I believe, was Kevin White. Yeah, so, that so, was a complete bust. You know, Roquan Smith. It looks appears to be a hit. So he and you could call. I guess you know. Ultimately, you could say that that uh, Khalil Mack counts as the last two draft picks, quote unquote. If you really want it, because he traded those for him. Yeah, but so, who did we give away? So we get we gave. So when they got Khalil Mack, which I thought was a great pickup. Okay. But he gave away a first round draft pick for two years. Two, two first back to back first round draft picks, nineteen and twenty. So Josh Jacobs is one of them. Those draft picks of the Bears that were picked up by Oakland, or yeah, right, now Las right. Vegas, potentially could have been. He got well, rid of he got rid of Howard. Be, yeah, he got yeah, rid of yeah. Howard because he didn't fit Nagy's system. I mean, he he's get he. There, there's still, you know, you may like Cordell Patterson, but the problem I have with him. Is he to me okay? He had you know he's constantly running it out of the end zone on kickoffs and stuff because you know at any moment he could just break through, and it's happened one time <laughs> this year so far. And how many times did it happen last year? Do you do you know? Mm. Let's say that it happened one time last. I don't even know. I don't even think it did last year. My point though is, couldn't we have done better? Like Cordell Patterson to me is old news. Well, I, yeah, and I'm not saying, and, that and he, he should answer. not be yeah, your back. He, he should not be your backup to your running back situation. Now, of course, Tariq Cohen's injured, Tariq Cohen. mm-hmm. and also David Montgomery had a concussion uh, protocol. Mm-hmm. Right. So, seriously, Cordell Patterson, it's the best we can do. We should have gotten Mose Tutufu. <laughs> to or, or, or Lofa or Lofa, Lofa. any yeah. one of those two Mose or Lofa would have been just 
fine. Now, what's interesting is uh, the Harris guy, the guy that uh, was brought in to return kicks on punts. Was it Devontae Harris? Is that his name? Uh, I'm not sure. Go ahead. Okay, let's say that it is. Let's say it is. He was just placed on IR after Monday night's game. So, he gone. (laughs) We have a friend named he gone, by the way, out there. But this guy is really, he gone. He dropped one. He was out of the game. Yeah. Uh, You know, like he was done. And then Anthony Miller came in there, yeah. So, yeah, you know what, though? White flag. The Bears are waving the white flag. Let's... Let's move on from them and uh, let's talk. Let's talk a uh, team that actually did win today, surprisingly, because we didn't pick them. You didn't. I didn't. But they came to play today. The Cowboys. Oh my God. Beating the Vikings. And that was, I'll tell you what, it was actually a pretty entertaining game. You know, uh, this is a Cowboys offense that averaged 35 points a game with Dak Prescott under center, and they're averaging 10 without him. They finally broke free today, put up 31 points against the Vikings today. Um, First things first, like the Bears, they did welcome back uh, a key part of their offensive line. They got their all-pro guard back, Zach Martin. Yeah, it makes a big difference. Oh, yeah. It made Andy Dalton happy, I'm sure. Um, you know, they were glad to get Andy Dalton back after the the Ben DiNucci or Zagreb Skanuski or whatever his name is and, and Garrett Gilbert. You know, they couldn't get the job done after Prescott. But um, it didn't look good on the, on the very first – Series, Ron, they went three and out, and, and Dalton made a really, really bad throw, sailed wide of uh, CeeDee Lamb. Oh, um, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it didn't look good, but you know what? He recovered. The defense actually continues to play well the last couple of weeks. They did force Kirk Cousins into an early mistake and uh, gave the you know Dalton and the Cowboys uh, field position deep in the uh, the red zone, and Ezekiel Elliott on the receiving end of the bat. Hey, you said his name correctly. Yeah, I did say the Steve really busted my chops on that one because not knowing how to see. He's like, who's Ezekiel or whatever you said. (laughs) Ezekiel. Nice. Good call. Anyway, the one thing I will say about him, it's his first touchdown in the past five games that I, you, you know, I've been talking about the last few podcasts, how he has struggled and something is in his head, but it was very important to see him get a good, Good start in this one. So, yeah, um, good game, fun game to watch. Very physical game. I mean, they were knocking the snot out of each other the entire game. Both teams were fast on defense the whole, the whole game. Um, mm. There were several big monster hits over the middle. Dalvin Cook, I don't know if you got a chance to see it, but he got lit up towards the end of the first half uh, causing a fumble. I mean, he just got clocked. Of course, he was back in there because he's a tough guy, tough kid. But, um but anyway, you know what the the Vikings they they played well. They brought they came back. They opened up the second half on it with an excellent drive. A couple of great plays by Adam Thielen. Again, if you haven't seen this, yeah. another one handed grab like he did against the Bears. Only this one, I think, was he outdid the Bears one. Yeah, I mean it was in over the, the shoulder, the end zone, boulder, over holder. the shoulder, stretched out, grabbed that ball, pulled it in. Nice, unbelievable. But of course, Dallas comes back with the with the late win. So exciting. It was good to see good football today on a Sunday when usually we're, you know, struggling to see that. Yeah, so that's good true. Good game overall by the Cowboys. Well, what's really interesting about the Cowboys is they're they're three and seven. They're still in the hunt for first. Oh God, yeah, isn't that crazy? The NFC least, as we like to call it. Yeah, I mean, so. luckily, I don't remember who had the buys this week, but uh, was was the Giants? The Giants were off today. Philly lost. They're mm-hmm. three six and one. So the. So they're they're in first just by three six and one. 
Half a game. Half a that game. Tie, that tie is helping them, yeah. And and that's the thing. The Cowboys, if the Cowboys can pull off a victory uh, against Washington on Thursday. Wow. Wow. There you go. And Washington won today. That puts them at three and seven. And the Giants, Giants did they were they had a bye. They're three and seven, but they're they're three and seven as well. With a bye though, they didn't play this they week. They were they did not play this week. So Wow. I mean that's yeah, I mean, that's that, a good game for Dallas. I mean that's a that's a must win game. Yeah. Yeah, you talked about Philly. They lost to Cleveland. You know, Carson Wentz is just a bad quarterback right now. I don't know what the heck's going on with him. Yeah. Um I wouldn't even take him for the Bears. Washington, yeah, that Washington game though. I mean, you look at Cincinnati, they lost Joe Burrow, that knee injury. They're going to he's gone for the season. Is he? Uh, yeah, he blew did, out his ACL. I, I didn't and that's, see it. That's, that's huge. Truly un- oh, it's huge. It's just truly unfortunate. I mean, he was really having a good rookie season. We've talked about him the last couple of podcasts. He was on pace to throw for over 4,000 yards and like 20 touchdowns. He would have been the first rookie since Jameis Winston in uh, 2015, actually, to throw for over 4,000 yards. So well, that's out the door. Um, he actually was making a run at, at Andrew Luck's record. I think he threw for a little over 4,300 yards, and he, he was on pace to at least come close to that. And, you know, mm. considering Cincinnati probably would have been out of most games this year, he would have been throwing the ball a lot. Yeah. So likely would have had a better chance to. So, um, you know, yeah, typically if your quarterback, your rookie quarterback's thrown for that many yards, it's because the team's losing and he has to keep trying to bring them back. But but on definitely. that, but on that, that game, though, <laughs> let's put, tip our hat. Now, probably comeback player of the year for sure, Alex Smith. Alex Smith. Gets his first yeah. win. Yep. At at home at, since 2018, over two years ago. Yeah, that is. Well, you, we talked about that horrific injury he had. So for him to come back, that's pretty. That's pretty good news for Washington. Yeah, the Washington football team. No, I think overall, I think the games today, the games were really exciting. They're relatively close, unless you're a Lions fan. Sorry, Lions fans, but you guys <laughs> suck. Where oh. where's that? Where. Where's that air? This guy you know, sucks. Yeah. Do you know who PJ Walker is? You probably don't run because he's a rookie out of Temple and he was an XFL quarterback. That's who they lost to today. An XFL quarterback. He played just good enough in the the absence of Teddy Bridgewater, but that's who wow. they lost to. He threw for like 250 yards and a touchdown. He did throw a couple of picks, but the Panthers defense came to play shutting down Matt Stafford. I think I think they I don't even think they got to 200 yards of offense. It was like watching the Bears. It was a bad game. Wow. It's a good thing we're not uh Lions fans. Lions fans. You know but, what though? But really that Lions helped fans. us, right? That helps the Bears. They're, I mean Lions are 4 and 6. Vikings losing today. That that is helpful for the Bears. They're 4 and 6. At least Bears are 5 and 5. They're one game ahead of those teams. Yeah, those, it's those helpful teams. in terms of what. I mean, when you think about it, you start looking ahead on the season and seeing when the Bears are going to finish. Oh, we have trouble. Uh, yeah, how many <laughs> winnable troubles. games do they have? They have to play the Packers next Twice. week. We'll talk about that at the end of our – yeah. That's, so we'll talk about that at the end of our, our thing here with picks. But, yeah, you're right. There there was a lot of it actually pretty good, exciting games today. Uh, that Tennessee-Baltimore game, we talked about this one being the game of the day for obvious reasons. I mean, this is the first time mm-hmm. that series has ever gone into overtime – Derrick Henry, if you saw it, big touchdown, yeah. the extra frame. I think he had twenty eight carries for somewhere like like a buck thirty five or yep. somewhere of like that. But yep. um, watch this win, Ron. This was likely to come into the playoff equation later this season. You know, the Titans rallying from down twenty one ten there in the third to win it. Uh, big victory. Obviously, I picked Baltimore to win. Unfortunately, I'm on the losing end of that. Thank God. Yeah, that was another. That was another big game. Saturday, uh, Thursday night's game. 
Arizona at Seattle. That oh my gosh. Game. Yeah, you picked Seattle, dude. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah, Wilson leading a great big win there in the NFC West. Um that was a big game. The the uh what about uh, Taysom Hill for the Saints? Oh man. With Drew Brees having, you know, like 37 cracked ribs or something like that. Yeah. He pretty much has been broken in half. but Cracked ribs and uh, punctured lung. So he's, yep. he's got issues. But That sounds like it hurts. Saints uh, Saints took care of business. Yeah. And, they, I mean, and Hill, he was almost flawless. I mean, he really only had that late fourth quarter fumble, I think, is really the only black mark on an otherwise solid day. I mean, he was crisp on his throws. He didn't force anything. He ran the ball well, which is really what they usually use him for. I was going right? to say, yeah, he had 52 yards, I think, in, in rushing, which isn't. Yeah, but he had a couple of touchdowns. and But the, the defense of the Saints was the difference. I think they had eight sacks today. Cameron Jordan was huge, three sacks. They were all over Drew Brees. I mean, so or well, all my, over um, Matt Ryan, I should say. Well, at least my lock of the week came through. Yeah. The Steelers, baby. I have a I, I have a lot of friends friends that are Steeler fans, and they are ten and zero. Are you kidding me? It's the best start since two thousand and fifteen, Ron. Are, when it, the Panthers started fourteen and zero. Are they packing Pittsburgh? Are they packing Pittsburgh? That's what I want to know. Has there been an extra amount of votes going on over there? Votes for victories. Votes for victories. At sometime around, yeah, we should call for a recount for the Steelers because sometime at around four thirty in the morning, they got a lot of votes. They got a lot of victories. for victories. You votes got, for victories. You know what? But hey, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win the Super Bowl run. No, no. We already know one team that won sixteen and zero, and no, won they, to the they, Super Bowl, and lost, and they lost. Well. We you also know one way back. Yeah. You got to go all the way back to 1998 when John Elway led the Broncos to their second Super Bowl title. There's six teams since that have started 10, 10 and 0 or better, and they failed to win it all, including the New England Patriots that you just mentioned, who were 18 and 0 and lost to the Giants. So it doesn't guarantee you're no. going to win the big trophy, but it certainly puts you in a pretty good position. Well, I don't know what position that might be, but I can tell you this. It's definitely not doggy. Just saying. Oh, you really are. You really I'm are going there. It through the the mud tonight. You're trying to increase viewership. I am. The eight, I am. Eighteen to thirty four. Absolutely. Uh, male uh, demographic. Absolutely. I'm not swearing. It's all good. Hey, what about? Okay, so I got. I do have something I got to talk about that kind of has me scratching my head though. Yeah. The Miami game against the Broncos. I know. I know your wife's a Broncos fan, right? Yeah. We both picked Miami. They. They lost that game to the Broncos. But yeah, that's a shocker. I didn't think well, that they would lose that game. No, but Brian Flores, he removes Tua Tagovailoa. And, you know, granted. Double T, baby. He, double T. I think it was he was like the sixth time he was sacked in the game or whatever. And he, he somebody landed on his foot. But he was not injured. And Flores said he made the change and went back to Fitzpatrick. And... It was to give, he said it was to give the Dolphins the best chance to win that game. Not Real, wow. Um, yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, right? Fitzpatrick, yes, yeah. yes. You kidding me, T-Doc? I'm not sure I understand that. I mean, is it is it to protect him? Because, because the Broncos' defense was roughing him up. Then why is he in there to begin with? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make any sense He's a quarterback. To me. Right. He's going to get it, hit. 
it made little doubt if double T was not hurt. I have no idea. You know, Fitzpatrick didn't play all that bad, but his interception, of course, at the end was just devastating. Put the nail in the coffin for a Broncos victory. Yeah, but dude, seriously, victory. I mean, come on. Yeah, um, I don't understand. I don't understand the you, change. Brian Flores ha- just yeah. got me scratching my head. You have a young quarterback, young, and he's played off his head for the last two, three games. He's played great. So their mm-hmm. O line, his O line failed him today. Okay, and you're going to pull him out. What about his confidence? How do you think he's going to feel? You know, if it's not an injury related scenario. And the best chance for that team to win is double T needs to be in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you need yeah. you you need those dolphins to be fed with fresh fish, baby, and he is fresh. <laughs> now he struggled today. There's no question he did, but that's what you're not going to win every game. Right, but that's and you're not you... going to pull your quarterback out. Were they down? I didn't watch the game. Were they down when they pulled him out? They were down. They were they were losing by ten. But okay. again, that's where that's what also helps build your quarterback to future success. Yes, let him work through that adversity. Let him gain new understanding of how he has to work through those. So things why didn't we keep defense. Trubisky? Why wasn't he brought back in for the next week? Why did we wait well, three more games, then put him in for one play, and he cracks the shoulder, and he's out? <laughs> well, he, well, I'll tell you what. If he's healthy. He should he be playing be there against the Packers. Absolutely. I we'll think get into so. that. We'll get into that, but I agree with you there. But so my team, <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders, man, what a game for Sunday night that football was a great game. Oh my goodness. It was back and forth. And I've got some Kansas city fans out there and I could tell you, you guys can just keep your mouth shut. I don't want to hear it. Okay. The Raiders, Derek Carr looked amazing. First two, uh, first half, it was 135 QB rating. He was, I, I, maybe they dropped one ball. I mean, everybody was catching everything until the end, but they were catching everything for him. And Carr was making smart choices, great plays, using his feet, flipping it over the shoulder. He was, he was hitting his players. I mean, Aguilar, a crazy catch over the shoulder in the end zone. He jumped up into the stand, and he tried high-fiving people, but there was no one to be found. <laughs> of course there isn't. That big, beautiful stadium, and there's nobody in there enjoying 2.02 it. billion with a B, folks. Nobody there to be found, but that's okay. That's okay. He had teammates that he, you know. Now, the, the Raiders did have some defensive issues. They had uh, 11 people on the COVID list for defense, like, you know. That's a lot of players, but they got like seven or eight of them back. But the reality of it is they just didn't have their full crew. They didn't have their um, weekly practices. They didn't do anything. So basically, Kansas City had the two weeks to prepare. They were off last week. They had two weeks to prepare. They prepared, and the Raiders had to shut down their practice facilities because of the high amounts of COVID positive tests, which... Like I said, five or six of them came back negative today, and they were in the game. So defensively, we didn't have all of our players there, but man, I mean, it was still it was great for a shootout feeling. Like I knew when the Raiders won up with two minutes left or minute forty three left, I was like, uh oh, uh oh, yeah, they left too much time. They left, you know, you don't leave 
Patrick Mahomes a minute and a half. You don't leave Aaron Rodgers a minute and a half. You don't leave Tom Brady a minute and a half. Well, unless you're the Bears and you actually successfully <laughs> win that game. Well, but you just don't. I mean, you don't yeah. do that. And I think, you know, obviously you knew that Andy Reid called the timeout there because he knew, okay, I'm going to leave as much time as I can for my quarterback to get into get into range, and that's exactly what happened. And, and I think, yeah. And it almost didn't come to fruition. They had a, right. a five-yard penalty. But on the same token, I'm thinking, okay, drain the clock. All I was thinking is tick, 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 tick. And a minute 43, really, they scored? And they should score. They had to. But, yeah. Well, and yeah, and I think that the Raiders – I think they wanted to run the football better today than they did run. I mean, they only averaged, I think, three and a half yards per carry. They they run the football well. They convert. That's going to keep Kansas City's offense off the field, and that's how you're going to beat this team. Um, you know, they weren't in a lot of third-down situations. Neither team was. Yeah. I, think, I believe Kansas City tied a team record. They had 30-something first downs. 35, yeah. 36 first downs, I heard it towards the end of the game there. Yeah, that's I mean, insane. That's, that's, that's incredible. They I were mean, only you're, stopped you're getting, twice. The whole yeah. game, they were only stopped twice. Yeah, you're getting nine or uh, close to ten first downs a quarter. I mean, come on. And the other team was all, you know, it's not like they held the ball for 40 minutes. I mean, I know they yeah. had a better time of possession, but at the end of the day, it wasn't 40 minutes. So for them to put that together, that just shows how efficient these offenses are and how fans of these teams are so different than fans of the Chicago Bears that when your team gets into a third and eight, you're confident, right? You're confident that they're going to get a first down. Yeah. The Bears, you're like, okay, I know uh, we got our Pat O'Donnell coming up here pretty soon to <laughs> or, attempt to punt. I know that we can throw, we can do a screen screen pass. Yeah, fourth fourth and seven <laughs> for a five yard loss. Yeah, there you go. Foles is Foles is one of one for one yard, and Anthony Miller's got one catch for one yard, but the Bears are punting. I mean, it's uh Anyway, but yeah, so. So Kansas City, yeah. Certainly a great way to close out the day watching football. Oh, yeah. Kansas City comes down, minute 43, leaves, they score. But there again, left left Kelsey wide open. And then you have 28 seconds. I mean, Carr did what he had to do. It was the only blemish on on the day for him was the the interception. But he had to make that throw. 28 seconds, you got to do it. Yeah, that was a big game. Um, definitely a big, big win for the Chiefs right there to move to nine and one, stay right behind the Steelers for that number one overall seed. Yeah. Um, Raiders was, though six think, and Raiders six and four still, still in the hunt. Yeah, they're there. It was a tough loss though. Yeah, it would have been a big, big win for them to sweep Kansas City and be only a game behind them and have the head-to-head tiebreaker. So it was one of those where it was just one that really got away. Yeah, and I wouldn't say they're in hump. They're they're in the playoffs because they they outkick a few other teams that are six and four. Yeah. So you know, hey, the Packers lost today though, so Pack- that's good. Packers did lose today. Yes. Yeah, fist bump. We both picked the Colts, guys. Just remember that you you couch potatoers. Holy testicle Tuesday! Did we really? We, we did. Holy testicle Tuesday! Well, of course we did. we did. Of course we did. We picked the Colts. We we went with our we went with our brains, not so, our hearts. Former McHenry High School alum Robert Tunyon scored in that game for Green Bay. Oh, really? And former Chicago Bear Trey Burton scored in that game 
But yeah, Robert Tunyon, he plays for the Packers. He was a quarterback for the McHenry Warriors. Do you um, remember him at all? Uh, sure. I went and saw him play. Yeah, I remember him. Uh, he was a quarterback for the team. I mean, um, do you remember him in, in all the peewees and stuff when you were broadcasting for them? Uh, that I don't, but uh, that he may have been on a different, uh, you know, a different team that I actually broadcast for. So the McHenry High uh, School that your kids went to, the same yeah. high school. Yeah, that's, really. He plays for the Packers, and yeah, he's a tight end. He's a tight end for the Packers. So he's a traitor. He's well, a, he's an effing yeah, traitor. But he might be. What do you mean? Yeah, he could be a Packer. Did fan he not live in Illinois or not? Folks, yeah. he's not a Packer fan. He's 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 employed by the Packers, but he's a traitor. Okay, he's a, you just yeah. said he's from Illinois and he's at he's in Green Bay. He's a traitor. All right, they hey, should trade him. Just, to, they should trade him to the Bears him. because we could sure use a guy like him. Let's just rejoice. We could use a guy like him. Who? Why? Who's going to throw it to him? We've got a guy like him. We've got a good young rookie in Cole Komet who's being wasted. Wasted. By the fact had- that we can't. Throw to him. Throw the football and and be efficient on offense. We can't even so, throw to the to the guy that has you know fifteen years in the in the league. Hey, you know what, Ron? There is actually good news for the Chicago Bears. Oh. I've got good news. Oh. I've got good news. Oh. I've got good news. Okay. Believe it or not. Okay. The New York Jets. They lost to the Chargers. Today. Yeah, <laughs> that is good news. The Jets needed like six hundred and ten yards of offense today. They needed 610 yards of offense today. And if they would have gotten that, the Bears would have been the worst offensive team in the NFL. They would have dropped to 32nd. The Jets only got about halfway there. 610 yards would have been probably an NFL record or pretty darn close, whatever the record is. Yeah, They didn't get there. So the good news is the Bears are only 31st in overall offense instead of 32nd. So thank you, New York Jets. Thank you, Los Angeles Chargers, for stopping the Jets from getting 610 yards. And, you know, because we talk about the Bears every now and then, I want to say this. The Bears are who we thought they were. They're who we thought they were. A pile of dookie. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, yeah, I still have hope at 5-5, five and five, but really, I mean, it's it, I, I, every time I watch the game, like I said, it, it, if, I was, if I was a cardboard cutout, I would hope a big gust of wind would come in and just blow me the hell away. Because I can't you leave deal the cardboard with it. Cutouts out of this, they. You know what? They have no emotion. They look at the game. You, you know, really. They should, act, they should actually take those cardboard cutouts and put them and, in the re- field. Or well, they should change them when they get angry. You know, and have. Wouldn't that you know, be great? Sticking their middle fingers. Can, up well, great. Can they? Can they also put some sound in of booing and hissing, or maybe even cardboard tearing? <laughs> that would be great. You. Pelosi. All right, all right. Let's let's get on to next week's pick before we uh, beat the Bears into submission here. Let's get let's get into our picks for. Well, next let's week. hey, well, hold on. Let's just let's talk about some good things really quickly about the Bears because we we do we do knock them and I was knocking them quite a bit, but defensively they did great. Defensively they've been doing great, mm-hmm. and the, the only problem is is offensively we can't get it going, but defensively they look good. Khalil Mack had an interception. And I'll, you know when he grabbed that ball and he was running it back, I kept thinking to myself, "Run, you fat blah 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 blah, run!" Like when when the playoff game well, was. And hey, and it's funny you mentioned that because I saw a video clip of that this week. It was Keith Trailer. Oh, tractor trailer. Keith tractor trailer. Absolutely, it wasn't. Ted Washington was actually flopping on the ground like a manatee. <laughs> it wasn't him. He got pushed down, and it was Trailer who ran and and just you know it looked like a man running 
through the street with a Christmas ham under his his uh, his elbow. Oh, dude, um, Christmas hams. He ran- they might as well just be that man running under his. Uh, you know what needs to be under his arm is a roll of toilet paper. Or a you, you can't. We got Thanksgiving coming up. It could be a turducken under his his elbow. But you can't listen. You can't find toilet paper. And if somebody was running down the street right now, I'm pretty sure everybody's going to try chasing after him because they need the toilet paper. You can use your socks. It's fine. Woo! Socks. We're really like rolling through the bottom of the barrel here. Today. No, no, not at all. So the bear, <laughs> the Bears had some positive things. I I can't pick much positive things from the offensive side. Unfortunately, well, I can uh, put my hat tip my hat out to Cody Whitehair and having some of those offensive O lines back uh, players back. Uh, it definitely you can see a difference. Uh, Nick Foles wasn't throwing off his back foot quite as much. He actually had openings and he was seeing things, especially in the first half of those games. But move, moving on, because we beat that down, we do have Thanksgiving next week, okay? And we have three Thanksgiving games. Yes, we do. But you know what comes with Thanksgiving, my friend? Uh, oh, Frank, I'm not making turkey. I'm making turducken. You know what a turducken is? That's where you stuff a chicken uh, into a duck, and then you stuff that inside a turkey. <laughs> Boom! That's a turducken. <laughs> Boom! Boom! <laughs> Tough acting, tenacting. And there is uh, no, there is no, you know, we don't get paid for that commercial. No, unfortunately not. But a turducken. I've never heard of such a thing. Well, he just explained to you what it is. Actually, and you know what? There is a butcher in Chicago that does make that. A traducan. Absolutely. Believe it or not. So wow. it's out there. I'm sure it's elsewhere as well, but I know there was one in Chicago that did it. So is there anything that you're thankful for since Thanksgiving is coming up mm. very shortly? Anything off the top of your head? I didn't think well, so. No. I mean, you look at all the sports teams in Chicago right now and, and things, you know, it, there is, I mean, the white Sox are looking good. Uh, Cubs, uh, big question marks, bulls, big question marks, Blackhawks, same thing. The bears, big middle finger exclamation points. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, there's just nothing I'm thankful for from the sports landscape. I what mean, about I in Dallas? Knowing, I guess Notre Dame fighting Irish. Oh, it's nice thankful to see for them that. undefeated and, you know, looking at a possible, uh, run in the uh, college football playoffs. But from a sports perspective, there's really not much. It's, you know what, I guess I'm kind of thankful they're playing. It's nice to see that they're out yeah. there considering the state of the affairs we're in and how things are going with COVID. Yep. Um, it's nice to see. And I know that uh, the NFL, I mean, it's a fine line they're walking. There, there's a lot of, uh, they mentioned it on uh, the uh, Sunday night game with uh, how much the Raiders have been fined for, you know, just, not following protocol. Yeah. This is a billion and billions in dollars at stake for the NFL. And they want to make sure that they get the product out there. They lost so the sixth that, round draft pick because of their yeah. protocol. That's huge. Debacle. Yeah. That's actually, that's, that's bigger than any fine, but they can the gain, but they can gain my friend, a third okay, round stop. compensatory. Yes, yes, if they yes. promote within. Uh, okay. Just saying, no. just throwing it out there. All right, let's get into our picks. What do we got for Thursday? You said we All got right. three games on Thursday. So Turkey Day. Oh wait, I, get, what about me? What What about me? Okay, what do you think? Am, am I not thankful I, for anything? I'm, I'm really intrigued. I, I can't wait to. Hear I this. live in Las Vegas. I've been in Las Vegas since '93. I am thankful for a hockey team 
the the Vegas Golden Knights. Thankful. I'm happy that I am a season ticket holder, guys. So hit me up if you want to go to a game, if we can ever go to a game. Also, I am thankful, even though I'm not I'm not a huge fan of, but I you know I did watch the game. Thankful for the Las Vegas Raiders, right? And finally, two teams that came to Vegas, sports teams with a huge gambling uh, scene around here, obviously, and it everyone's making it work. No shenanigans, none of that stuff's happening here that I'm aware of. So I'm thankful for some some professional sports teams. You know, as a sports fan, if I wanted to go see my beloved Bears or see anything, I'd have to wait for them to travel. So somewhere near Vegas, Los Angeles, Arizona, you know, that's four-hour drive either way. And so I am extremely thankful for not having to drive four hours to watch a live fo- a football game or a hockey game. But moving on, this Thursday, we've got Texans at the Lions. That's going to be the early game. So Texans at the Lions. T-Dog, go ahead. Yeah, Fire away the there, my friend. Morning game, yeah. That's uh, Texans at the Lions. Two teams that just can't seem to get anything going. I mean, I, I know Houston yeah. did. Get, I know Houston did win this weekend, you know, but they have, they have the same problem the Bears have. They can't run the football. You know, but and they'll be going up against. But the good news is they'll be going up against the Lions' defense that can't stop the run. I think they're like thirtieth or something in the in the league so far. So, um, you know, both teams can't seem to win at home. The Lions are three and two on the road, but you know, they've only won one of four games at Ford Field. Um, Detroit lost today to the XFL quarterback. I think we were just talking about that. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, Come right. On, XFL. So I'm going to take Houston on the road here, man. Giving the edge to Deshaun Watson. Should okay. be able to put that Lions D. So I'm going to take Houston. All right. I, I agree with you. I'm going to take Houston. Uh, Houston. I'm going to take Are they out of Houston? I should, yeah, they are. Yes. Houston yes. Texans. Uh, I'm going to take the Texans, the Texan T's, the Texan, uh, you know, whatever. I like the Texans. And and my buddy is in Texas, so I'm gonna I'm rooting for Texas today. There you go. Uh, we got Washington football team at the Cowboys. Man, this actually is going to be a great game. It may not be a great game. It may be a horrible game. But whoever wins out of these two teams is going to be one step closer to being in first place in a division. Actually, there won't even be one step closer. They will be in first place in their division. Well, not- the, the, winner, the winner will be 4-7 and seven and will be in first place. That's right. Yeah. Both. Oh well. Yeah. 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 For Thursday. For at least yep. until Sunday. At least. At least until Sunday. Right. I mean, it's you know, both Dallas and the artist formerly known as the Redskins are well within a playoff berth, Ron, with only three wins in ten games. That's, That's brutal. It. I mean, what, what did you in call the that wide world? What did you call that? Is going on. About you here? called that league the division? What the piggy? Least. Oh yeah. If 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 Dallas pulls this off, which I'm going to pick them to pull this off. They will be in first place. They will be the king of the pigs. <laughs> the king of the pigs. That's what. So I'm going to take Dallas. They're going to win this one. I still have high hopes for my friend, Alex Smith. We're not really friends. He doesn't even know I'm talking about him right now. But I just want to tell you, I have high fo- fo- hopes for him. I'm going to go with Washington over the Cowboys. Uh, we've got uh, third third game, the night game, the evening game. Uh, this is going to be another great matchup, I think. Uh, six and four Ravens versus the Steelers. What a game, right? What a game to try to to get the trip 
what is it, tryptophan drowsiness that you get from Turkey. Oh, yeah. You know, you're going to have to stay awake for this game. So the undefeated Steelers against the Ravens team that just got stung by a tough loss. Derrick Henry and the Titans, we talked about that a minute ago. So the Ravens, they really need this game bad, Ron. A loss here, and they can find themselves slipping in the playoff race with the likes of the Browns, Raiders, and Dolphins, you know, those teams on the rise. Um, I'm actually going to take this game as my upset of the week. Wow. Yeah, the Steelers are a little banged up. They lost uh, one of their tight ends today, Zach Gentry, I believe. So they, they really only have one tight end. And the, the Ravens know how to win in the Steel City. They they went there last year and won. So they went there and, they, they you know, I, I see them doing the same thing. Um, give me the Ravens, knocking the Steelers from the ranks of the unbeaten. Okay. Upset okay. of the week. Upset of the week. I will not second that. That is, that is uh, ludicrous. Um, <laughs> asinine. Um, crazy. Uh, what other words can I throw in there? Well, whatever. You're uh, taking Pittsburgh. I'm taking. I'm taking the Steelers to be 11 and 0, folks. And for my Steeler fans out there, you're welcome. All right. So Sunday we've got Dolphins at the Jets. J E T S S Jets L O S S. Good chance for an upset here, though, Ron. I just don't think the Jets get a win here in this one, though. Look at Miami to rebound with Tago Vailoa. Double T. On track. He's starting. I mean, he, you know, that's the other thing Flores said. He's starting. Oh, he's starting, so he's not hurt. No, he's definitely not hurt. Got to protect so, his Dolphin. ass. It. Yep. Ass it. Dolphin. Dolphin should win here. Okay, I, I absolutely agree. I'm, I'm not going to. Dolphins should win. Jets Jets are looking for a new quarterback in the, in the, in the draft. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is going to be an interesting game. Uh, six and four Cardinals at the Patriots. <laughs> well, part of me wanted to look at this as maybe a good upset of the week candidate. I mean, Kyle Kyle Murray, I think, is in, nursing an injury. Um, so I believe he's expected to play. It's not going to keep him out. But <clears throat> the Pats are obviously dealing with some key injuries on their side as well. I think they lost Rex Burkhead today to a nasty injury. I don't know if you heard about that. It was a nasty leg or foot injury that cbs wouldn't even show it they wouldn't Um, cbs wouldn't show a nasty foot injury something like that um but you know what did he have did he had a foot injury it's something with the foot something with the ankle or something what knee kind of area i don't did it require tough acting tenactin that's what boom tough acting tenactin no (laughs) okay you got nothing. Uh, I'm gonna. I got nothing. I'm gonna. Just, I'll take the Cardinals on the road here. They're desperate for the win in the middle of the playoff chase. Um, Cam Newton is not the answer. I'm gonna go with Arizona. Yeah, I agree. I like. I like, uh, I like uh, Arizona as well. And then uh, moving on, we've got the Panthers, the XFL quarterback versus the Vikings on the road for the Panthers. What do you got? I, I'm going to take the Vikings to rebound here at this one at home. No Teddy Bridgewater, no Christian McCaffrey. Minnesota's needing a big win to keep their playoff hopes on life support. Uh, I'll take the Vikes. I am going to also take the Vikes as well. And then we move on to the Browns. Seven and three Browns, guys. That Are you kidding me? <laughs> you kidding me? Seven and three. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing well. I mean, how much are the Jaguars missing Gardner Minshew after, you know, watching Jake Luton stink it up on Sunday? Did you did you see his stat line there, Ron? 150 yards, four picks. 
Granted, mm. it was against the undefeated Steelers, but, you know, they're clicking on all cylinders. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to take the Browns here to get their eighth win, get a, ro- get a road win here. Um, they're a different team with Nick Chubb. Uh, you know, I know I was kind of low on the Browns a few uh, podcasts ago, but pairing him in the backfield with Kareem Hunt, you know, continues to give opportunities for Baker Mayfield, Mayfield to shine for the Browns. So, I mean, the Jags are just a mess right now, even worse offensively than the Bears, and that's saying something. Wow. So I'm going to take Cleveland. All right. Well, folks, uh, you ha- you heard it from me first. This is my upset of the week. I think the Browns are going to be overconfident. They're going to think that their Browns don't stink, if you know what I mean. And they're going to go into Jacksonville and be like, you know what? I'll take a Mai Tai. I'll have a few drinks, and I'm they're gonna get uh, they're gonna lose by a field goal. Just saying. So I'll be the only one that knows what you're talking about. <laughs> my ties, you know what my no. ties are. All right. So Jacksonville is going to upset of the week, uh, beat the Browns. All right, uh, Tennessee at the Colts. Tennessee at the Colts. Wow, another great game. Two teams fighting for the playoffs in this game, all likelihood coming into play when the playoff seedings are figured out, Ron. So the winner of this game, I think, takes over first place in the AFC South. Okay. And a Colts win would be huge, as that would essentially be a two-game lead as they've already beaten the Titans this year. So um, the last time they met, I think the game was a little bit closer than the score would suggest. Uh, But um, Titans love to create turnovers, so that's going to be their MO. Rivers, though, has been real careful with the ball. Uh, I think he's only got one pick the last three weeks after struggling a little bit earlier on. So I'm going to take the defense of the Colts at home on this one. I think they will control Derrick Henry. He's he's struggled a bit over the past few games. Yeah, um, except for last today. Well, he had 135 yards or something. That. What are you yeah. talking about, dude? He He's not struggling at all. And on top of that, the Tennessee Titans are going to lose to the Colts. Just saying. I got the Colts yeah. as well. I agree with what you're saying. Uh, Giants at the Bengals, folks. Giants at the Bengals. What do you got? Well, what do you got? I think it's a tough game to call. I mean, if Burrow was still in there, I'd lean towards the Bengals. But with that devastating loss, they the Bengals now turn to fourth-round pick Ryan Finley. Did you see him today? He looked completely lost. Um, you know, in almost a half of football, <laughs> he, he's, he's been – he was not very good. I mean, I think he started three games, three or four games for them last year and, and um, you know, lost all the games that he started. Uh, you know, the Giants are going to be within sniffing distance of first place here. So with the extra week, I think, to prep, because they were off, I think we talked about them being off. Um, yeah. You know, I see the Giants coming in and winning this one, so I'm going to take New York. Good. I am taking New York as well, and I'm also going to give it the lock of the week. I'm lock, lock it down, folks. You're a lot more confident than I am. Oh, yeah. Daniel Jones is going to run all over those guys, and he's not going to fall. He's actually going to run into the end zone. So that would be helpful. <laughs> So, Giants lock of the week for the old LV. And then we go on to Chargers at Bills. Another great, another great game. I mean, you've got uh, three and seven Chargers versus seven and three Bills. Not that those numbers mean anything. Just the fact that you've got two rookie or two relatively young. One's a rookie, one's two years out or whatever quarterbacks just going head to head against each other. So I really like, I'll take the bills because I don't think the chargers are going to actually do well on the road in Buffalo, especially if it's going to be cold. I think that the LA vibe, you know, they like the warmer weather. So I like the bills at home. 
No, and yeah, I think you're right though. I mean, they have, the Bills are going to have their their hands full on this. You mentioned the quarterbacks. Justin Herbert is is playing really well. He's I think he's got 19 touchdowns this season, only six picks. He's making good decisions. He's throwing the ball away rather than make you know forcing a mistake. But you know, Josh Allen, the other quarterback you're talking about there, the Bills. He's he's had an extra week to prep for this game. Um, they play really well at home, and I see the Bills pulling off a close one here. Though, I'll take Buffalo as well. Oh, all right. And then we have Raiders at the Falcons. So, Derek Carr on fire, knew he needed to step up for this game. He did, absolutely. Raiders stepped up for this game. You know, they swapped home losses is basically what these two teams did. They're one and one against each other, which is surprising that they both lost at home, but not by much, especially for tonight's game. Well, I don't know if the home field advantage is really much of an advantage anymore without having the the fans and that emotion. I mean, that's the one piece of that puzzle that's missing with everything with COVID. You yeah. Know, when we talk about quote unquote home field advantage, like Kansas city. That's like Seattle. It's one of the loudest stadiums. I believe, I believe it's the loudest NFL stadium, you know, as far as decibel level goes, the way it's designed and everything else. Yeah. But they had, but they have fans there, but they have some fans Not, there. Yeah. Not enough to make that decibel level, what it normally is and cause no. false starts and make it difficult for teams to, to, you know, once they get into the red zone, that's where that home field advantage really, you know, the comes 12th to man, life. baby, the 12th, the 12th man. man. Yeah. yeah. So you're right. So I so, like the Raiders. What do you like? Hey, Vegas, baby. I'll take him as well. I mean, they, you know, the Raiders, they haven't beat the Falcons since like 2000, right? Oh. They don't, they don't play them that often, but yeah, they haven't beat them. But you know, I see them winning this time. They finally going to beat the Falcons. Um, Caro's going to have a field day against that Falcons defense. They stink. Yeah. So the bears can beat them. Raiders can beat them too. So we got the Niners at the Rams. Well, the Niners beat the Rams about a month ago, dude. Now, granted, things were a little bit different. Didn't they have Jimmy Frank G? Back then. Yes, yeah. they still had Jimmy Garoppolo. That won't be the case this time. The Niners are sliding fast. I mean, they've lost the last three games, and they're getting worse offensively with each game they lose. So I'm going to take the Rams getting some sweet revenge here this week, um, and I'm taking this one as my lock of the week. Super sweet Ram revenge lock of the week. Wow. I like oh. I, I like the Rams at home as well. Um, I'm not going to give you guys much insight on it because I just know Rams win. All right. Uh, we've got the Saints at the Broncos. I, here's here's what I think. I really like, uh, is it Tyson Hill or Taysom? Taysom. Taysom Hill. I think, he, I think he's doing what he needs to do to win games. He's a young kid. He's mobile. I think the Broncos, they did get their fourth win. I mean, I'm or yeah, their fourth win. Yeah. To be honest with you, I didn't even, I don't, even, I can't even tell you the three other wins the Broncos had. That's how pathetic that I feel about the team. But I, I still think the offense is, is, uh, you know, Kamara is amazing, and you, you still have players he can throw to. He could still. Uh, do the he still rush i i like the saints the saints is who i'm gonna pick yeah well i mean the 
they haven't beaten big teams this year, Ron. I mean, they beat the Jets uh, actually on the road. They beat the Patriots on the road, two teams that are not playing well this season. They also beat the Chargers we were just talking about. That was their only home win this season before they beat the Dolphins uh, on uh, this past weekend. So, um, you know, they play – they have been in most of the games that they've played other than the Chiefs and the Raiders who smacked them around pretty darn good. Um, But, yeah, I I, I mean, this one right here, yes, Denver got a big win here against Miami. They played well defensively. But even without Breeze, I I see the Saints pulling this one on the road too. I mean, the Broncos are sloppy with the football. I think their turnover ratio ranks near the bottom in the NFL – um, and the Saints defense is, is excellent against the run. So that's something the Denver has struggled with. Give me the Saints on this one. All right, you got it. I locked you in. But it's not lock of the week, but I locked you in. Locked and the, in. And, and, then you we, took, and who did you take? You took the Saints as well? Yeah, I took the Saints. Saints is, gotcha. is my team. Uh, Chiefs at the Bucks. Another great matchup for up-and-coming quarterback and a quarterback that's still at the top of his game. But definitely going out. Right, Tom Brady, little T B. So my feeling is I I I mean, I watched the Chiefs game tonight. The only way, I mean, they're going to a, a warmer climate. Chiefs have a lot of offensive weapons. I I don't I mean, Tampa Bay has really good defense. But they they have one of the best rushing defenses in the NFL, yeah. But do probably not the best passing defense, which would make Mahomes just light him up, up, up. I'm going with the Chiefs, my friend. All right. Well, I mean, you've got two uh, two great coaches going head-to-head here, and Andy Reid and Bruce Arians. Um, yeah, they do have uh, the top. They actually have the top rushing defense in the NFL. Um, nice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I'll tell you what. This is my upset of the week. Oh, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Buccaneers. I think you know I and yeah, you say upset, you think well Tampa Bay's you know oh. six and three or seven and three, whatever they are. Wow. Um, so you're going oh, yeah. with two upsets of the week for this week. Nice. No, am I? Who was the other upset? Ravens over the Steelers? Are you changing uh, yeah, your? Ups- but I didn't call. But I didn't call that as my upset of the week. Yes, you did. I even week. wrote it down for upset of the week. Which means you called it. Now you can change. You want to. You want to bounce to the Bucks. Uh, you know what? Fine. I'll stick with the Ravens. I thought I was picking, but that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, you thought you were picking, but you thought wrong, sir. You thought wrong. <laughs> Whatever. I'm going to play back the recording, and I'm going to find out that you're wrong. Good, because I need more listeners and and volume. So please play it back. That'd be great. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to skip Sunday night because we'll finish with that. Uh, but we're going to go Monday night Seahawks at Eagles Seahawks at Eagles. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not even going to go into any of the sats Seahawks all the way <laughs> Eagles. Yeah. They can't get out of their own way. Well, we talked about that earlier. What the heck has happened to Carson Wentz? I mean, I think, I think the early senior or the uh, season, I say senior, but you know, maybe that is the right word. The interceptions he threw earlier this season, he's got a case of the yips, uh, whatever you want to call it. He just doesn't push the ball downfield anymore. Yeah. Um, and when he does, he's missing receivers. He's throwing behind his targets. I mean, you saw it all day today. He just seems to be a completely different player than the one that, you know, kind of splashed onto the scene a few years back. Yeah. I, I I see Russell Wilson stepping it up on Monday night in this spotlight again, taking care of business against the Eagles. This one really should be a lock of the week. 
Uh, if it was at, in Seattle, it would be, but I, I'll definitely take Seattle on the road as well. They're yeah. going to be, uh, and the Eagles are then, you know, they're going to be out of first place. Yeah. He, so how about that? How about that? So what's interesting is Carson Wentz. Where did he go? That's what I want to know. Carson know where Wentz. Where did you go? You went somewhere, Wentz. Yeah, I, I, he, he, he did because he's a mess. I, I just don't know what it is, and I, you know what? A lot of this game is mental, Ron. Don't, don't let anybody tell you it's not. And it's like we mm-hmm. talked about Ezekiel Elliott having problems holding on to the football and causing trouble. There, I said his name right. Yeah, twice. That's tonight. amazing. Um, but you know, Carson Wentz. This, Where did he go? Guy, I don't know. You tell me. Where do you think he went? Well, I don't need to tell you where he went. It's in his name. Carson Wentz. Where did he go? That's what I've been trying to get to. But you, it just flies right over your bald head, my oh, friend. Apparently it does. So, so folks, Carson Wentz, where did he go? I have no idea. But he's not going to be at that game on Monday night. Okay, so last game, which which I f- skipped over because I wanted to finish strong with some positive notes for the Chicago Bears. So the Chicago Bears are finally playing after 12 weeks, the weeks. green weeks, the weeks. green weeks, baby, <laughs> the Green Bay Packers. This is. For Chicago fans out there, luckily I live in Vegas. But for Chicago fans out there, there, do you think there's going to be a lot of Lambo leaps to nobody where they maybe they'll get lucky? Okay, maybe they score their first touchdown. They go to do the Lambo leap and they fall into the stadium and they hurt themselves because there's nobody there. Maybe they're doing fake Lambo leaps. They're That's jumping they're up. And they're going to fall down behind or into the stadium and they're going to injure their back and then they'll be out for the game. But, you know, there's going to be a lot of Lambo leaps and there should be a bunch of injuries. The problem is Bears may or may not be close enough to compete. The, qu- the real question is, does he go with Foles or does he go with Mitch Trubisky? Trubisky. Oh, sorry, yeah. Trubisky. Let's be positive now. I now th- listen. There's, be positive. Are you kidding me? There's a good. There's a there's a woman out there. Her name's Connie. She is a big Mitch fan. She's always said Mitch should ditch Foles and get in the game and get in the game now. Sounds like a campaign slogan. It well, we we got to go for a win. <laughs> we got to at all really? costs. I, yeah, I looked at this game up and down, though. I mean, trying to find something that would lead me to believe that the Bears are going to head into Green Bay and get a win here, I just can't find it. I mean, Rodgers is Rodgers has got to be fuming after losing to the Colts today. I mean, you know, he's going to come back strong. Yeah, the Bears had an extra week to work on things, but what are they really going to work on to turn the offense around? I mean, they're taking a, a rushing – what are they, last? They're dead yes, last. Yes, they're dead rushing, last in rushing. Dead last. Yep. Uh, you know, you're not getting David Montgomery back. You're, and you asked the question, who's going to be the quarterback? Foles, Trubisky, Tyler Bray, Cade McNown. I mean, who? Who's going to show all, up? If all three are healthy enough to play, then you have to go with Trubisky here. We mentioned that earlier. That's that's my take on it. At least he has the legs to make a play behind that brutal offensive line. Yeah. Um, but there's so many questions, Ron. Is Laser, is, is Laser still going to be calling the plays? 
I honestly, personally, you know, I hope after not. last <laughs> weekend's stomach churning offensive showing. I mean, again, I just can't see it. We've got bright spots on this team, no doubt. We talked about Roquan Smith, yeah, Pro Bowl season. Yep, Allen Robinson. He's yeah. one of the lone bright spots on that offensive side of the ball. Absolutely. You know, but there's just too much bad going on right now for them to go in and beat a Packer team that just lost a big game. It just it pains me to say this, but uh, I got to go with my brain and not my heart. I, I'm taking the hated Packers on this one. Wow. Green Bay is going to beat Chicago, and it's going to continue the sadness for Bear Nation. Here's how I feel about it. Um, do we have anybody in the offensive, uh, like wide receivers or tight ends, named Lucas? No. Okay, so we need to bring somebody up from the practice squad named Lucas, and then we need to throw it to Lucas. Throw it to Lucas! Because he's going to be wide open. Now the problem is, who's going to be throwing that ball? <laughs> Even if it's to Lucas or not. I don't know, but whatever you've been drinking tonight, I want you to send me a case of it. because It's Kool-Aid, baby. I'm drinking the Bears Kool-Aid. I'm going with a Chicago Bears on the road victory. I'm going to give you the score. Listen to this. It's going to be 20-20 to 17. Chicago Bears. I'm taking it. Twenty to seven. You're taking the Bears to beat the Packers twenty to seventeen. Yeah. What do you got? You realize that if the Bears beat and I'm the not even Packers taking it as my upset. Of, I'm not even taking it as my upset of the week because I'm not that good on my upset of the week. So that's why I'm not picking it because if I pick it, <laughs> I probably will lose. But I think and you're I feel four with your upsets of the week. You're I, not good at picking upsets. I think it's a this big. Is technically an upset. Yeah, I get it, but I I, it's a big game. It's a must win game, and if. If Nagy wants to say that he's done everything and made every choice possible for this team, then he needs to make the right decisions at this moment in time. And those decisions need to be, I know, I'm, I, I know, I can hear you guys screaming right now out there in podcast land. I can hear Steve just go whining in saying, you know, those Bears are going to lose, you know, why are you even picking them or whatever. And I'm, that's a horrible Steve impression. No, you actually sound exactly like him. That I'm picking losers? Nice. Good call. No, no, no. I to mean, win? his voice. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, listen, I'm going to use a little Steve Mojo here. I'm going to take that golf ball and kick it a little forward, and we're going to win. <laughs> I don't care how we win, we're going to win. <laughs> so, if it's... Oh, so, wait. So, you're saying the Bears are going to cheat their way to victory. Is that what you're telling me? Hey, I'd rather hey, I'd rather be cheated out of it than owed or whatever the saying no, is. I'd rather owe you than cheat you out of it. That's Correct. What the saying is. Yeah, the Bears are going to owe me big because I'm calling it right now. Not calling it as upset of the week, but I'm calling it. So... All right, rock and roll, <laughs> rock and roll, guys. So I may, I may have to miss next week's podcast if the Bears beat the Packers twenty to seventeen. What? Because that's the last thing I want to do is hear you. Oh God, I hope, I hope, I hope I win, folks. It's going to be actually quite awesome. The Bears, the Bears. That's you know, that's all we can hope for, right? That's all we can hope for. So, anyways. Thank you for listening to Monday Morning Couch Potatoes podcast. We talk sports, we talk smack, and we love to talk trash too. So hit us up at Facebook, MM Couch Potatoes, or join us on our Facebook page at Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Also, you can tweet us 
use Twitter. Tweet a little something out. MM Couch Potatoes. Hit us up at our website, www.mondaymorningcouchpotatoes.com. Also, shoot me an email, which I have not gotten yet from anybody out there. So please hit me up with an email, info at mondaymorningcouchpotatoes.com. And other than that, folks, have a good one, and we'll see you soon. I'm out.